are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report, Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night war, war Room, room. With, your host, with your host, C. Doe. It's your boy C. The Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G. G. Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development. Ike Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday Night War Room. Let's go! War Eagle, War Eagle, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Thanks again for tuning in to the latest Wednesday Night War Room. Also, shout out to all of our community, the War Report community. Thanks, guys, for tuning in and hanging out with us for yet another Wednesday. And if you are invested in growing our community, please be sure to share our video on social media. Facebook, Twitter, use hashtag Get Your Weight Up. There are a lot of Auburn fans and Penn State fans lurking in these streets looking for content. Help them out. Help us out. Share that content. Guys, we're here. Week three, Penn State, how we feeling? Uh, start. I'm going to start with you, Ike, real quick before we get into the preview. How you feeling going into this week? Um, you know, I'm really, I'm just anxious to to have a quality opponent on this schedule so everybody can stop saying we ain't played nobody. Like, I don't, right. like, the outcome is is irrelevant to me. I'm just tired right. of y'all ain't played nobody narrative. So Thanks. I'm glad to be able to get over that after this weekend. So, yeah. Well I'm, said. I'm anxious to see it. Well said. I, I concur. Mike G, how, how how are you feeling, man? You 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 still feeling good? How are you feeling? Yeah, uh, I made a lot of people mad over at Locked On Auburn. <laughs> Uh, yesterday, uh, a lot of Penn State fans and their feelings. I mean, I think that video was pushing like 250 comments right now. People just saying, you don't watch Penn State. We're the greatest. We played Wisconsin. <laughs> what's so They're funny, the greatest team ever. But what's so funny is people came onto an Auburn channel and called us homers for being confident about Auburn. I was like, yes, we're homers. That's exactly <laughs> like, what I channel like, what, are we, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes, we're a homer channel. That's exactly what we do. I don't, yeah. I don't understand it's, what the it's an Auburn fan channel. channel right? uh, it's not the yeah, like world, not the worldwide leader. It's it's, yeah. it's an Auburn fan channel. Yeah, I had one guy. I mean, uh, I'll tell this before we move on. This one guy came into the comments and said something so blatantly false. He was like, uh, uh, Penn State has had an average higher recruiting class than Auburn every year for the last five years. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you know, I could fact check that, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, easily disprovable. Right. No, he's not. Every year, every <laughs> sure? year, every year, but 2018, according to 247 composite, we have had a higher recruiting uh, rankings. If you go by rivals, um, it's, it's ab- about even. But if you okay. take the average based on the highest rated recruiting classes, we still beat them out. Not even close, man. I don't understand. I mean, they, okay. a lot of people I had to allow it to use my plate. microphone. Did that help? I'm trying to explain to people, you can evaluate a team's okay. progress apart from who they played based on how they execute. Come on, man. A lot of teams look extremely mediocre in week one. I don't think we should be penalized for beating our cupcakes like a good team should beat cupcakes. But they're going to find out Saturday. Trust me. And there were people who yeah. struggle against their cupcakes. He's beating your cupcakes. Just this. I'm. I'm. Listen. I'm. I'm. So, 
I'm super immature and I don't care. Y'all can could, y'all could talk about me all you want to about being unprofessional. <laughs> I don't have to be professional. It's my dad going to show I can be unprofessional. I want to. And beating your cupcakes is funny. Oh, no. <laughs> Where's my all? G's mom in the comments? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me this time, mom. Uh, I didn't even the, say anything. I just it was suggestive, but I didn't say no bad words, so she can't get mad at me. Okay. B, B, how you feeling? How you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling. I'm feeling. I want it to be Friday, man. I just want to wake up and, and have some football. Like this week is dragging by. It's dragging. Indeed, I'm, it I'm ready for the game. Yeah, for sure. Indeed, indeed. Well, listen, let's in in classic form, let's let's go ahead and get some of the other games out of the way before we before we let's spend some extra time talking about Auburn. So let's get some of these other SEC matchups out of the way. Let's let's talk about what's going on elsewhere in the SEC. And let's start by first discussing a team that actually what you got, B? What you got? Are we supposed to review the last week's picks? Oh, oh, of course. Oh. Yeah, he want to get into this. No, no, yeah. no, let's skip this part. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's not skip this. He's let's like, not let's, not, let's not go over my glory. I thought, you, I thought you were stopping me for a good reason, B. That is a so very here, good reason. here's the scorecard. Here's oh, the scorecard. Man. As you can see, the person who wants to see the scorecard is leading. B. Will mm, is 25-3 and three through two weeks of his picks. Mm, hmm. Ike and I are right behind them at 23 and 5. Are we just making the same picks? See, is that what's happening here? I'm yeah, cheating on much. your papers. Don't tell nobody oh, okay. else. So, right. you know, just. We well, need the... to be cheating on B's paper, <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, Mike is is behind in 20, 21 to 7. Mike's picking with his heart. Yes, yeah. exactly. One of, us, <laughs> one of us has the courage to go out and, and be bold and not follow the crowd. It's going to pay off at the end of the season. Watch, I'm going to come back. I'm okay. gonna come back. All right. Yeah. Starting the only this way, way you come back. But all right. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I, I got to pick. <laughs> I got to go all the way down this hole now. All right. <laughs> Whoever you guys pick, I'm against. All right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only way to win. All right. Well, let's get to it. Let's talk about a team that struggled last week. Looked to kind of bounce back this week. Is A and M is at home. Number seven. A and M is at home against New Mexico. I'm going AM here, but guys, what are your thoughts? Start with A- you, my G. AM. AM. Yeah. Mike? Yeah. I mean, whatever. A&M. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're qu- I'll be watching to see how their quarterback does, but AM. B? Yeah, a rough debut. Same. AM. I still want to see it to see how they look, but AM's going to win. Do they cover B? You want to wait and you want to wait and share that? I was about that? to say, yeah, I got to wait. You want to wait and share that on, on that betting with B? Be is that a, is that a teaser? Afternoon. You know what I'm saying? Is on that Friday a teaser? Okay. Perhaps. Perhaps. All right. All right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We'll do that, too. Moving on. Chattanooga versus Kentucky. There's no line here, I'm I'm assuming. I'm going Kentucky. Kentucky, I, definitely. I, yeah, Kentucky. I, Kentucky looked good last week, man. So if Chattanooga gives them any problems, then I don't know what to say about Missouri. Yeah. Right. Same. Same. All right. Speaking of Missouri, they got a directional Missouri. School coming to their coming to a directional Missouri school coming in. I got Mizzou. Yeah, we yeah. can move on. Everybody's gonna yeah, pick Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Nah. Mizzou. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. Tennessee Tech. Tennessee. I got Tennessee. Yep. Same here. Any yeah. any nays? No dissenters. All no right. Dissenters. Let's move on because no one cares. All right. Georgia Southern. 
At number 20, Arkansas, the one of the more, more impressive SEC schools last weekend. I'm going Arkansas easy, and they cover easy. Yeah, they, they, they're running. They're running for a lot of yards so far. They are. Yeah, yeah so. and their defense looks <sighs> solid. Yeah, it looks yeah. solid. I, I wonder how long Barry Odom is going to be there before he gets another head coaching gig. You think he may get another shot? Because he is making not in the SEC paycheck. unless it's at uh, yeah. you know, nah. Vanderbilt. I ain't talking SEC. He may get another job. You know, the he could, he could school. get the Vandy job. You know, Vandy looks I think he awful. could get, say, let's say the offseason comes around and Ohio State still needs a DC. That's a step up to a bigger program as a DC. Then he jumps to a mid major for a head coaching job. That, that's how I okay. see that possibly going. Okay. Maybe LSU will actually get a get Barry Odom to go over there and be their DC because since they can't stop anybody, they need they need somebody. Somebody. Hold on, let me let me grab this real quick. Walt wants to know is anybody going to Happy Valley? Shout out to Walt for the super chat. Uh, if you're gonna be in Happy Valley, make sure you uh, let Walt know what's up. All right, let's for continue. sure. For sure. We'll move on from here uh, since we're talking about everything but the Arkansas game. Tulane <laughs> comes into town to play number 17, Ole Miss. That's an interesting line there. Um, I'm yeah, going I'm surprised. Ole Miss. I'm actually surprised this line is this close. Ole Miss, yeah. yeah. Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss. They scared Ole Oklahoma. Miss. That's why the line's so close, but still, Ole Miss. Eh, Oklahoma doesn't have a defense. That doesn't necessarily, I know necessarily that. translate. I, I, you know that. I know that. I don't okay. agree, but yeah, Ole Miss. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Ooh, Central Michigan versus LSU. B, B, B. All right. B. All right. Talk to me, B. What? What? <laughs> Talk to me, B. What you thinking about this one? Central Michigan is really Central good. Michigan, Central Michigan made Missouri sweat. That's who played Missouri week one, right? That is. And Central Michigan is averaging oh, somewhere between 240 and 250 yards on the ground per game. Their third down Ooh. percentage defense is less than 10%. And that's not just because they played a cupcake. They held Missouri to less than 20% third down conversion. Mm-hmm. So they are at the very least a disciplined defense, and they can run the ball. And I think that's the absolute worst thing that LSU, yes, mm-hmm. Central Michigan can run the ball. That's real bad for LSU. That's real bad for LSU. On top of that, Max Johnson is actually averaging less than 55% completion rate per game. And that's including McNeese State. Mm. This is juicy. I mean, I'm picking LSU, but like... Coach O can't get fired this weekend. Um, Why can't he? No, because they need to be terrible when we go to LSU. Yes. I don't need no reason for them having renewal. Why would they get better if he was not there? When they have new hope... People start playing different. They like, oh, and then they have all this energy around this new coach and they want to win for him. I want them to be in the basement of their feelings before we go to Death Valley and smash them. Okay, so here's the thing about that. They have two brand new coordinators right now. There mm-hmm. is nobody on that staff that has been there for a few years or is of that area and of that school that has this rapport with the players like Coach O does. So if he does bad, He's going to be there until the end of the season, and then that's it. He's going to get a chance to get a big win and recover like so he did with Florida So you're telling me if they year. lose to Central Michigan this this weekend, they're not going to fire him? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. That's a lot of confidence because he look, they look real bad these first couple I weeks. I mean, LSU fans are pissed right well, now. They should be. Right now. So you're telling me Central Michigan, they're going to be like, uh, it was, it was Central Michigan. 
I don't not, know if he survives the L to Central Michigan, bro. No, I don't know. He needs this one because, trust me, he's going to catch <laughs> enough L's in the SEC alone. He needs I'm, this. I'm going to pick LSU just because I just don't want to see the SEC go out like this. But yeah. I don't have any confidence. Like, I don't feel like they're going to cover I don't have confidence. Hey, they're not covering. I don't have them covering. But I... I like, Ooh, they I'm, might I'm, win I'm, on, like, a last-second field goal or some crap, bro. Like, this might be go-down-to-the-wire type situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm LSU thinking LSU wins. Well. LSU wins, but their fans are still upset after this weekend. Oh, for sure. Yes. For sure. They're going to make them look bad. Yeah. 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 Okay. All Hold right. On. Cle- Cleveland jumped in here. Facts and all, if AU wins, Big Ten is out of the college football playoff. Mm. Interesting question. We will come back to that question That's right a there. Good question. Yeah, interesting. 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 Thanks for catching that, Ike. Yes, sir. Stanford on the road against Vandy. Two smart schools going on the gridiron. Why are we Stanford. doing this, y'all? Why are we doing this? It's I got Stanford. Why, why, why are we doing? Why are we doing this? It's, well, it's, Stanford it's, lost to a Mike. A go ahead and pick Vandy. Yeah, rep the rep. Bet with your bet with your heart. Come on, come on. Your heart is saying it. Uh, I'm gonna go Vanderbilt into this one. I'll go Vanderbilt. Yeah, just because, just because, not with any conviction, but you know what? <laughs> the hell with it. They are in the SEC. Yeah, I, I hate, Mike. I hate the pack. <laughs> this is why you're in last place. Just hey, yo, hey, yo, I told you I'm going all the way down to home. Miles was fired after the Auburn game. He definitely was, but that's a little different because LSU had been looking real shaky. They had teetering for like been teetering yeah. for like a couple years. Yeah, I about to say LSU was looking real shaky for a minute. Like he's really only had a year and two games of shakiness and last year they throw out because it's all SEC blah blah blah. But I don't know, man. I don't know if he survives Central Michigan. Anyway, moving on. All right, so we so all everyone except Mike G got Stanford, right? Going, yep, going down with the shit. I, I got Hold Stanford. On. Yeah. Walt says is uh B will <laughs> <laughs> Listen, SP, man, all bald-headed guys with glasses and do not look alike, except we do. Hilarious. Not, Hilarious. Bob says, <laughs> War Eagle, I believe we will win in Death Valley. A great birthday <laughs> present with yeah, you looking, win against... Okay, it's looking likely. Is your birthday already happened, or you, is, you, is your birthday... Is your, are you saying your birthday is the 17th? I don't know. Let anyway, us, but happy let birthday. Us, let, us know, let us know. Let us know. All right, guys. Mississippi State... On the road versus Memphis, these are two undefeated teams. Mississippi State has looked good, decent against All NC right. State. Very suspect against La Tech. What are we thinking on this one? And then look at that line. Look at yeah. the line. Like not a lot of confidence. And I know this is this is like a this is like that tough multiple choice. Mississippi State. <laughs> I'm, I'm going Mississippi State. I'm going Mississippi too. State. I, come on, man. Mike Leach's teams have been Jekyll and Hyde kind of like yes, sir. since yeah. we've been there. Yeah, so like, I don't know. Mississippi this is, State. This is, this is at Memphis, too? This is yeah. at Memphis. Weird, huh? I'm going to go with Memphis. We need some Jeopardy music. Okay, right. I'm going to pick, pick Memphis. Mississippi State. I, you and I part ways. I think this is where I take the lead. Yeah, this is this where you can take the lead right here, man. I'm going to pick Memphis. All right. Uh, B, who you got? I'm going Mississippi State. All right. Yeah. The chat, a lot of, quite a few in the chat like Memphis. Okay. We, we shall see. that. 
It's it's a game that makes you kind of think twice, though, for sure. Is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm not picking Mississippi State with a lot of conviction, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I didn't pick Memphis with a lot of conviction. Yeah, but, yeah. All right. <laughs> Listen, it's kind, of, it's kind of a pickle. It's a pickle. Yeah. yeah, definitely a pickle. South Carolina on the road against number two Georgia. Look yeah, at the we can line. move on from this because Georgia's right. going to beat Georgia. the Georgia. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yep. Georgia. All right, all right, all right. Now the the other the other big game, which. Alabama on the road in the swamp against mm. Florida. They're going to curb stomp Florida, I think. Yeah, I don't think I don't Florida think, has I don't a think I don't well, I haven't checked to see if the other do. B, do you know if the 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 QB that I mentioned on Sunday is he playing? I know he kind of hurt his hamstring. Maybe yeah, he people in the comment section know. If he's playing, it may be a different game. They have right. not given a definitive answer, and I think this kind of works to Mullen's advantage. So he can keep in the bag who's going to get the majority of the reps. I mean, he was splitting time between them anyway, and I, my guess it was it was probably just for this game. And now that he can give the reasonable guess to to Saban as to whether or not the guy who looked the best will be playing, because oh, he got hurt. But I've long suspected that people did this anyway, even if they really did get hurt. Like if you. Before our Iron Bowls, we would always play a cupcake. And we would have two to three starters go down in the first or second quarter of those Iron Bowls. But they would be back for the Bama game. And they would play the whole game. I think it may be a little bit of a ruse. So I think he will play, but I don't think it will make a difference. No, That's Bama's going to win this game. That's I, just, I don't. Florida has done nothing defensively that lets me think that they have a prayer of stopping Bama's offense and Bama has looked like the juggernaut that they have been um, offensively. Mm-hmm. Offensively, they've been doing it, bro. Like, I didn't... Their defense yeah, they, has they, looked they, shaky they, in they, spots, but offensively, they put up 42 points last week not trying. Yeah, listen, so uh, if, uh, uh, they've got some problems on offensive line. Bama does. Florida right? doesn't have a defense. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying, I, they, they're I'm not talking about for this game. For this game, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying they're not, they're not, they're not playing clean football right now. Um, terrible defensively. Uh, they, they've now, only, they, they may they, come calling for Odom. Yeah, they've only <laughs> kept Bryce Young clean on 58 percent of his dropbacks so far this year through two games. Um, and is, is that meaning he wasn't hurried or hit or just wasn't hit or sacked? Like he wasn't hurried. Or hit. Oh, well, that's fine because he plays good hurried. So yeah. I don't know what the problem is. No, no, no. That's not what the numbers support. So, like, I'm, uh, man, I mean, he's still just above 50% under pressure. Like, I don't know, man. I think the allure is kind of coming off. I thought he would have a better start to the season. I mean, uh, if you listen to what they said about Bama, right, like, there's plenty for Saban to chew these guys about. They were getting some hard coaching after that last game, right? So he definitely understands that they got a lot of stuff to clean up. Um, I'm not picking them. I'm not picking Florida. Uh, If they had a better, if Florida had a better quarterback situation going on, if they weren't in flux at quarterback, uh, I might be tempted at this one. I I can't do it, but I'm going to be watching this one very curiously to see how Bama, I'm not really recovers, but how how they take coaching after their offensive performance last week. Because there were a lot of things on tape that just looked kind of sloppy to me. That's all I'm saying. Okay. okay. I mean, listen, I, ain't, I I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying Florida ain't the team to expose it. Dan Mullen, yeah. as genius a coach Dan Mullen is. Yeah, they, they don't have not, the horses. Yeah. He, he's not going against uh, Bama's offense, right? Like, he's got to outscore them. And Bama's defense ain't been 
I mean, they've been they've had their moments, right? But I just think that they had a lapse in focus last week, not talent. Yeah, I, I think that's probably they had what a bunch defensively of, has been. They had a bunch of tragic. injuries last week, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Too, yeah. Alabama yeah. had a bunch of injuries last week. So Yeah, they had some guys go down in the first game. So like they came in a little hobble. So I don't know what their injury situation is defensively, but my point is Florida ain't the team to expose it. I don't care how not, much the not, swamp is a is a problem. Right. Right. Okay, all right. Right. Defensively, yeah. I think I think Bama can do a lot of what it wants to up front. Um and Richardson, the guy who I think would give Bama fits, I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent. So this ain't the year for them uh, to get to get Bama. I could be wrong, but and let's also not discount that Saban has been going against uh, Mullen for a very long time now. This is not like this is new to him, especially Mullen with a running QB. He's seen this before. He's played this game, so I don't think it's anything new for him. So three Bamas and got you got you got Bama Mike. Yeah, okay, so four four Bams. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report, and you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Build the Report, are going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Also, man, let's let's get to it. We sped it up so we can get just to this, guys. It's 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 almost here. You know what it is. Number 22, Auburn, at number 10, Penn State. Both of these schools are undefeated, 2-0 through the season so far. So far, Penn State is favored. The line is showing them they're favored uh, less than a touchdown. Uh, we see the over and under there. ESPN's Football Power Index has Penn State winning by 62%. The serious history here is this will be the third meeting between the two schools. Last time they met was back in 2003 in the Capital One Bowl. Auburn actually won that contest 13 to 9. Penn State really got the better of Auburn. I think they played back in 96 for the first time was when they first met. So the currently tied this weekend will serve as the tiebreaker. And we are joined by none other than T. Frank Carr of Blue White Illustrated. T. Frank, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I've been enjoying the show in the green room. And also, I got to say, T. Frank, B. Will, C-Dub, I've never felt more at home than hanging out with you guys. <laughs> like, everywhere I go, everyone's like, T. Frank? You guys are like, yeah, T. Frank. Obviously, that's awesome. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, we 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 obviously we're okay with nicknames, so no, <laughs> yeah. you'll fit right on in with us. Before we start getting into, as, as Mike starts to load some of this stuff up, talk to me about the mood going on around in, in Happy Valley. Uh, towards the end of the, uh, the Ball State game, we, were, we went viral. We were hearing, seeing the video clips showing Penn State chanting, we want Auburn. So obviously, Penn State fans are feeling really confident about this game, as they should. It's their program. They have pride. Uh, they're excited about how things are going this year. But what's your feeling concerning the football program, the coaching staff, the players? What is their mood like this week? So uh, just, just saw practice tonight, talked to James Franklin after the after practice. And, and the confident group, um, they're pretty steady, though, as far as their mood. They don't get too high. They don't get too low, at least 
publicly because they have that whole one and oh mentality. If you follow James Franklin, you saw any of those things on Twitter. He he used to just tweet the name of the program they're about to face over and over and over again in a tweet on like Sunday mm-hmm. night or early Monday morning. Now it just goes one and oh. So they're very focused. They're very business oriented when it comes to kind of their approach to every game. But for the fan base, this is really the Ball State game was kind of a warm up, but the the whiteout game, and if any, any of you guys are coming up for the whiteout game, it is genuinely a different atmosphere in college football. It is, I've been to a couple of stadiums, NFL, college. It is truly a unique experience, and everyone is just juiced for that, just juiced for the whiteout game. So it, it, the, the fan base themselves has been waiting for this you know, with 2020 and how bad the season was for Penn State, they they win their final four games, but they go four and five on the season. And and just getting the taste out of their mouth out of last season, the win against Wisconsin put win back in everyone's sale, I think, that are Penn State fans. And yeah, they're feeling pretty confident. Not super confident, I'll tell you. Not super confident, but pretty confident going into this whiteout game. So I, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere, and I think the fans are expecting a good game. So what are we gonna Hold do? On. Let me let me grab these Frank? super chats real quick though. Okay. Let me grab these. So we got uh my man, I'm my Mojo Nixon loves Mojo fried chicken, chicken, I guess. It's um, be anyway, right? um, <laughs> last, <laughs> last Penn State game, I was drowning in torrential rain at the Outback Bowl 1996 while Penn State ran all over us 43 to 14. Waited so, 25 years for Tank mm. and Hunter powered revenge i feel you man yeah hey listen i was at that 2003 game too i filmed that 2003 game and i remember in bowl practice they had somebody put on larry johnson's jersey number and all they talked about was 2000 yards 2000 yards and i think he ran for like 80 less than 80 yards in that game against us in that outback bowl uh, that, he was, uh, he was yeah, a, a capital he one was a Heisman. He was a Heisman finalist. Yeah, that they, year, right? They so call that was those, a big deal. They call those years in the early two thousands the dark years uh, here at <laughs> Penn State, is because okay. they they were they were not a good football team at the turn of the century. That was not. Yeah. they were not a quality program. They 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 picked uh-huh. things back up two thousand five, two thousand six, but yeah, two thousand one through two thousand four, they were not. They, that was that was right when everyone was wondering if Joe Paterno was going to retire the first time. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, of like four or five. Right. <laughs> All right. One more super chat here from Austin Holland says Noah Kane only had 48 yards on 20 carries against Ball State. Give me Auburn's D to shut Penn State down. Auburn 31 to 17. Y'all already putting your um, score y'all predictions feeling, y'all in Y'all feeling that. Y'all feeling. Okay. So obviously our fans feel confident too, as you can see, T. Frank. So uh, we're talking matchups, T. Frank. So we're starting with the Auburn offense. And just uh, some some information here. Auburn is, of course, with the two opponents we've played, averaging 61 points a game total. That's offense, defense, special talent, however we can get our points. We're only allowing five points per game. We actually shut out Alabama State last week and gave up 10 points to Akron. We're averaging 235 pass yards a game, and we're averaging 340 rush yards a game through two games. Defensively, we've only given up an average of 21 yards a game on the ground and 160 yards through the air. Now, with the Auburn offense, how do they match up against Penn State's defense? Penn State, they play, they open up against conference game against Wisconsin. They played Ball State last week. They're only allowing 124 rushing yards on the ground per game, and they're only allowing 205 passing yards per game. Now, 
T. Frank, you can see this, this line up here. Penn State's defense is pretty good, I must say. Uh, when I look at them, I'm I'm particularly impressed by the back seven. Yeah. Uh, their secondary is pretty strong. I think they had two safeties uh, to get a pick in the competition against Wisconsin. And you had two linebackers, one who ran it back for a pick six, which is pretty impressive how he did that against Ball State. So you got some, uh, it, it's a very opportunistic defense, I would say. That would be the way I would describe this defense, and I'm removing the ticker so that we can see you fully. Talk to us about the the D-line for Penn State, and, and who are some guys on the front edge who you think can really disrupt an offense and really mess with the timing of said offense? Uh, so the first two guys that will probably be talked about on the telecast and, and are, are the the leaders of that line would be Arnold Ebikidi, the defensive end transfer from Temple. Uh, he is a phenomenal pass rusher and Penn State has had a couple of really talented pass rushers the last couple of years. Obviously, everyone knows about Micah Parsons, who played linebacker, but was that sort of hybrid position. Dafe Owe, both of them go in the first round. But Arnold Ebikidi, as far as like the professional package, great pass rusher, speed, uh, he's added size since he got to Penn State. He's now up to 250, 253 pounds. Uh, not always great at anchoring in the run. Sometimes he can get kicked out a little bit. But as far as uh, penetration quick, he can get into the backfield both in the run and the pass. And he's a solid tackler. Uh, PJ Mustafer, he's the... Oh, uh, I was going to compare him to Big Cat Bryant, but then you said solid tackler, so it don't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, Big Cat was Yikes. a... He was a, bit of a, he was a bit of a tweener between a defensive tackle, wasn't he? He was a bigger bodied guy. Yeah, I, I mean, he's just. Never mind. I don't, I'm not going through the big cat shape day. My bad. Continue. Go ahead. Wait, you're 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 not. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Any more? Yeah, no okay, more. Go, go ahead, Z Frank. <laughs> I, I, I'm picking up some undercurrents here about big cat. I might I might want to take out my hand off that live wire. Mm. Uh, then there's <laughs> PJ Mustafer is the nose tackle. He is uh, a four year player in this program. Leader of the team. Uh, he was playing at three technique last year, kind of as a. I, I don't want to say out of position because he's a really athletic player, but his best position is the Penn State's version of the nose tackle where he's playing closer to the center. He's playing on the front side of runs. He's up to 325 pounds. He looked really quick in that, in that Wisconsin game, but he yeah. wore down a little bit in the second half. Uh, so he's going to be a guy on the front side of runs that Penn State is going to be banking on to stop those and, and you know, kind of, push him to the backside and make players cut back into Ebikidi and uh, some of the linebackers that are super athletic. So from the defensive line position, those are the two big ones. And then you mentioned Jesse Lucetta earlier. He's a really interesting player because he played middle linebacker for the first couple of years at Penn State, and he's transitioned to a hybrid linebacker defensive end role where when uh, Ellis Brooks, the starting middle linebacker, was ejected for targeting, he stepped in and played the Mike position on the first half of the game last week. And when he caught that interception, he was actually playing edge defender. So he can play a little bit of both, mm. not great in coverage, which is why he's, uh, you know, moving to that defensive end position. But as a stand up sort of Jack linebacker, super quick, uh, very athletic, all of his athletic tools that were kind of clouded by having to make reads and react at the linebacker level. As soon as he has like a clear objective, he's a super athlete, good hands, long, fast, physical, not really a pass rusher yet. He's still learning that part, but from a run defense perspective, he's a very useful player on the edge. So those would be the three guys 
on the defensive line that really stick out. The rest are some young guys that are a little bit unproven at the defensive tackle position. Derek Tangelo is the other guy there who's a transfer from uh, from Duke, who's a solid player, still working his way, I think, into the lineup a little bit. Gotcha. Now, one of the guys who I did mention who who had an amazing game against Wisconsin, Jaquan Brisker. A uh, little hobbly, little gippy in a Ball State game. Is he is he expected to play this weekend? <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, James Franklin does not talk about injuries. So if you ask him a question about an injury, you're basically burning your question. So um, what we do know in the Wisconsin game, you could see it on TV. He hurt his shoulder. Um, so he's dealing with some sort of shoulder injury and you know if you if you looked at the pff snaps he played 20 total snaps against ball state and uh most of them were against the pass and that's how he played at the end of the wisconsin game as well he was used more in coverage jonathan sutherland is is a hybrid linebacker type type of player who's that uh their strong safety behind him he came in for a lot of those plays and then when it was crunch time they brought brisker back onto the field at least that's how i read what was going on so is that shoulder healthy for this game? And has there been enough time between those two and kind of getting that Ball State game off? To me, that's a big question because as as you can, everybody knows from last year, Tank Bigby is a, is a phenomenal player. And uh, you need phenomenal athletes to chase him down in space. And Jaquan Brisker is absolutely the guy that can do that. Last year, PFF had him as the best uh, tackling safety in the NFL. He missed, I think, one tackle all season. So um, he's he's already reached that already through two games, but he's a very talented player, super athletic. We did a piece over at Blue White Illustrated on the, you've heard the B- Bruce Feldman's freak list. We did our own just of Penn State football players. He was the number one freak. He's a safety that runs a 4-3-0, according to the Penn, uh, Penn State strength and conditioning mm. staff. He's uh, His shuttle is sub-4. So he's a very athletic player, physical in the box, can play at every level. Having him healthy in this game is critical to the matchup on defense. So if you are defensive coordinator Brent Pry, if you were him, what would be your game plan going into Saturday against this Auburn team? What what would you want to do against Auburn? Uh, So... I think penetration is the first thing. You want to get into the backfield and you want to make Tanks Bigsby work for it. I don't think you want to let him get to the edge. You don't want to let him get into space because if that happens, then you are putting him on linebackers. And again, uh, Penn State has some very athletic linebackers. Curtis Jacobs and Brandon Smith on the uh, the uh, Will and Sam positions are, are super athletes. But, you know, Tank Bigsby is just different. And, and I don't think you want to let him get into space. So you'd start with obviously having to shut that part down. But I talked about this earlier on my Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition where I did a scouting report on Bo Nix. And if you're going to shut down the Auburn passing attack, you've got to take away those early, easy access throws. And Penn State does at times play a lot of cover three. They play soft a little bit. And if you give that, Bo Nix can hit either side of the field. So I think you've got to play a little bit more aggressively on the corner. Don't give them those easy throws so they can set up those second and twos, second and threes, where they can do anything on offense. And then if you get them into third and long, that's when you you go after Bo Nix and you force him to be the guy on uh, on the Auburn side that is making the plays in the game. Now, getting them into that situation that's obviously going to be the really d- difficult part because uh, Auburn's offense clearly runs through the running back and he's a very talented player. So, and that's pretty much what I imagine that you're going to come up, try to squat on some of the short routes 
uh, not allow Bo to get comfortable, try to contain Tank uh, as part of your game plan. I, fellas, like if if you are Mike Bobo and you are anticipating this, what would be the game plan for the Auburn side of the field? I'll start with you, Ike. Um, I think it's going to have to be a heavy dose of screens just to slow up a little bit of that. What they like, let them flow towards you and then just throw something in behind them. Make those defensive linemen and those linebackers have to think a little bit before they're coming downhill. Um, I think that's probably the best. And Bobo has a pretty extensive screen package. So I think that they need to be able to deploy that early in the game just to make them think a little bit um, uh, as as far as that front seven is concerned so that they're not as aggressive in coming downhill against the run. Um, or even, like you said, they're going to be trying to squat on some stuff. So you have to take some shots early. You got to figure out yeah. how to make those defensive backs loosen up a little bit and put them into those situations where those early short throws um, are going to be more effective. So maybe the first drive, you take a shot early, right? So I think that's going to be something that we're going to see from that team. Mike G, what are your thoughts, man? Tommy said something I thought that was just, I mean, it's it's going to be the game, right? They're going to try to force Bo to win this with his arm, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're going to let Auburn run the ball, I'm telling you, Penn State has no chance. I think they know that too. Right. So you guys have talked a lot about Tank, but what I'm telling you is when Tank comes out of the game, there's another game breaker waiting, waiting, who is is ready. I, I understand you guys have a guy who's missed like one tackle since he was born, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> great. Uh, 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 <laughs> we we have we have a guy. Our, we have a guy in our backfield that literally broke his own umbilical cord when he was born. So um I'm just trying to tell you guys, listen, they're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball. The are insane. I was looking at him. 15 yeah. yards a carry? Are, right, you, yes. are you kidding me? So my, now, mind you, now, mind you, Akron was one of the worst, 10, ten worst teams in the FBS. We know yeah. that, right? But if you look at the execution and the understanding of how they, you know, choose lanes and pick holes and, and do things. I mean, week one, we saw a lot of really good teams come out flat. Like, they didn't even understand what they were supposed to be doing. I was really impressed with the preparation, right? So now we have this game breaker that comes in because I'm, I'm telling you now, if you're a Penn State fan and you're watching this, when Tank com- comes out of the game, you don't get a break. Yeah. Right? And I saw Wisconsin rush the ball 58 times. If our running backs get 58 touches, good luck. You know? So, I mean, they, they're going to have to force the issue, right? I think they're going to sell out to stop the run. That's that's yeah. That's the only way. You know, uh, 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 I think Penn State comes out of this, right? And they're going to have to make both throw it like 35 to 40 times. And that was yeah. an issue at times in that Wisconsin game was that I, they would make a couple good plays, especially against the run. They get some tackles for loss, but there were some gap integrity issues, especially yeah. on the backside of runs where you got some uh, safeties or some linebackers run fitting on the backside. And if you're not, if you're not secure, Wisconsin was able to get those cutback runs and they were able to get some pretty big chunk plays. I think you can make a great point. If you're not sound against this team and you don't shut it down, that's why I was saying when you, if you can corral the running backs in the backfield, don't allow them to get to, you know, to the second level where they can cause mayhem. That's what you're going to have to do. And there are, when you do that, there are some potentially game breaking plays. If you don't get that tackle. So that's a big matchup. 
Now, let me stress, right? Like, um, I don't think this game plan is going to be what I think. Again, Mike Bobo is going to understand what Wisconsin's defense is. I mean, I'm sorry, Penn State's defense is going to try to do here. Um, and I look for they've 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 demonstrated a crazy amount of balance to begin this season. I think that I I honestly think I would not be surprised to see them come out and te- and, and, and test Bo early, give him a couple throws to get him in the flow of the game, right, and then just start pounding with your running backs and just try to keep the Penn State defense off balance, right. I- um, uh, uh, in spite of 58 rushes, I listen. Um, uh, Wisconsin only averaged like 3.1 yards per carry. Right. Yeah. You know that'd be a really bad day for Auburn if we're averaging 3.1 yards a carry in this game. I, I don't. I don't see it. Um. But uh, yeah. I just. I don't. I don't know, man. I. I really feel like the team that can run the ball and control the clock in this one is the team that's going to win. Right. The team that's not putting the game on their quarterbacks arm. Because I'm not, I mean, I, I, I don't want to see that for Bo unless we see, we, if we see a brand new Bo in this one, like if old road Bo is gone, then great. We haven't, I, we have no history to suggest that that is the case just yet. I'm hoping he takes that step this year. But what's on tape for Penn State's D coordinator is make him beat you. Yeah. War Report family, it's your boy B. Will. We want to thank you for listening to the Wednesday Night War Room in podcast form. Now, we've got more content we want to get you here specifically as podcasts. We know you love the convenience of it, but that takes time and resources. So we're asking for sponsors. If you or anybody you know would like to reach Auburn football fans, specifically the War Report's Auburn football fan community, then hit us up. Business at thewarreport.com. That's business at thewarreport.com. And to continue to fuel our growth, please rate and review this podcast right now on whatever service you're listening on. That's all I got for now. So I'm not going to hold you up. Let's get back to it. You guys are already into this. I just want to draft this real quick. Gene in Texas says uh, he wants to see you guys talk about Bo Nick. So let's go ahead and get into the matchup of the secondary versus uh, Bo and these mm. wide receivers. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, so I, I've been really impressed, actually, watching Bo Nix on film this year because, and and I hope this isn't too offensive, I was not a fan of his in the first couple years he was uh, playing at Auburn. I've done a couple of games. You should watch our games. show. We, we talk a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, the way I put it before was non-viable. Uh, yeah. Non-viable starting quarterback is what I thought of him. And this year, I think he's a viable starting quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if, again, like you guys talked about, if he's in rhythm, I discussed this earlier this week. He's, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to the offense for Penn State in a little bit, but uh, Sean Clifford has not been accurate with the deep ball. And Bo Nix, if you give him an open throw, despite the fact that he's already stepped up onto his front foot and like he doesn't have anywhere to throw his momentum, he's pretty accurate down the field. He's accurate to the easy access throws to the field side, to the boundary side. Um, he threw a couple into some zone coverages with like just a little bit of anticipation, just a little bit. And that's like, I was impressed by that. And I, I Brian Harson, Mike Bobo, I think they've done a good job of transitioning out of the Gus Malzahn, look over here, and then we're going to run over here, except we've seen it seven right. times. They're right. actually <laughs> running a serious offense that I think is a, is a smart college offense. So I, I'm really impressed with what they've been able to do with Bo Nix and how they've been able to give him some things to give him confidence and those rhythm throws. And that's what I really saw was 
His footwork issues disappear if he catches, sees it, and throws it. And he's able to mm-hmm. rock off that back foot and deliver the football. And then all that athleticism, that arm strength, that all comes out, getting him some of those. And I think you make a good point of getting some of those deep throws early. Uh, Penn State secondary is doing a much better job with busted coverages and with communication mm-hmm. this year. And they are talented. Jaquan Brisker and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jair Brown are the two safeties. That has been a huge improvement. But... Uh, you know, it's college. They can make mistakes. The whiteout is going to be a really loud environment if they're not communicating and there's a busted coverage. Bo Nix can take advantage of it and he can get a 70-yard touchdown. And and I think that's going to be a big thing if he can get one of those big plays early. I think you're right. That that could instill some confidence in Bo Nix and change the game. Yeah. Listen, I mean, if if getting the vertical passing game was always going was always going to be the key to the season for Auburn. Right. If teams have to respect this deep, which they have not had to respect this deep over the last couple of years, um, then your all world running backs uh, uh, get some room to run. That's it. I think they know this. Um, You know, I I, what what struck me right is Wisconsin ran 95 plays, 95 plays against Penn State. And I just, that number was astounding to me. I thought that that means there's a lot of plays that they ran. They had a lot of long drives that ended in nothing. Right. (laughs) But they had three turnovers, too. Uh, But I'm saying, like, they were long drives that got down, like, inside the red zone that came up with absolutely no points. Yeah. Yeah. Two times, they were inside the two, they fumbled a snap, and then they had a false start and settled for a field goal that was blocked. So, yep. like, they were on the doorstep of blowing that game out early, and just the football gods shined on Penn State that day, and there were these this massive blunders by Wisconsin. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought that they kind of fumbled that game away. I'm yeah. a big fan of James Franklin, Literally. by the way. I'm a, a big fan of James Franklin. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about development on our show. I think that he is a great developer of talent. Um, but given what we're looking at here, how do you justify what – fans saw last season versus the apparent hope that they have this season. I, I told people that I didn't think Penn State was as bad as their record last year. They were. Uh, I, I would say that were they, they, yeah, they were, <laughs> okay, they, were right. they were that bad. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so there's, there's, it is a long story. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? So early on, so Penn State, makes a change. Ricky Ronnie gets a head coaching job at Old Dominion. He was their former offensive coordinator. He was only, he had one year. He did okay. They were kind of a fits and start sort of offense. But then they bring in Kirk Shiraka, who was at Minnesota with, mm-hmm. uh, with PJ Fleck. The one game Penn State lost that they really felt like they should have won. Um, and Kirk Shiraka did a great job against them. He gets that job philosophically wasn't a great fit for what James Franklin wants to be. James Franklin wants to be explosive. He wants to spread the field out. Kirk Shiraka was a six offensive lineman, three tight end sort of guy. So he's installing this new offense. COVID hits. They cannot install a new offense. They can't meet together. They can't have spring ball. So, you know, in parts of the country, because Penn State is in the North and we don't get our spring until later, Penn State didn't have a spring practice of any kind. So they're installing the entire offense over Zoom. Uh, and this has been another thing that happened with Penn State last year is, and you mentioned you're a fan of James Franklin. A lot of people, what are they're drawn to this program as far as the recruits is that he is very family oriented. He's very much about mm-hmm. making it a family environment. But you know, with his family, one of his daughters has sickle cell anemia, so he took COVID very seriously. And the team did not meet together 
at all. Like they met oh. in quads. So one part of the team would meet and work out and they couldn't work out together all off season. They couldn't work out in the facility. So guys are gaining and losing weight all over the place. Shaka Tony, one of their starting defensive ends, went from 230 to 260 to 250 to two. Like I was, I was having a hard time following all of the things that were going on with that. And then the season's canceled right before they start the season. And then it's back on again. Micah Parsons opts out. They have this hole on defense they got to fill. They, they decide not to shuffle things around. There's just so many factors that went into that season that they didn't really have a chance to mesh as a team. From an emotional standpoint, from a tactical standpoint, Sean Clifford said the first time he threw to his starting receivers was the week of the first game. So by the middle of the season... They'd simplified everything. They turned into basically army with Will Levis, their backup quarterback, coming in and running these short yardage plays. So it was just a huge problem, and they find, they turned the ship around, but it it drained everybody. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. We got a yeah. super chat here, uh, guys. Uh, Austin says, in my opinion, if they can't hold Robertson, uh, Demetrius Robertson, I believe Bo will outdo Clifford. I just don't think. I'm assuming the new staff will put Bo in an awkward spot the first road game. And I think, you know, the we talk about how old Bo has been on the road and how that scares us, but he has a new coaching staff that I think will will basically put him in a scheme and in a game plan that won't put so much on his shoulders. And I agree. If if Robertson, who did kind of kind of have a, a bit of a breakout game against ASU, he they had him on the reverse, he caught uh, a deep ball for a touchdown, caught one in the corner, uh, had a good game. If he can get loose and be productive, I think he will help Bo out a lot and get comfortable and get in a rhythm. Yeah, no um, doubt. Listen, this is going to be the game. This is going to be which coach manages their quarterback better. Correct. Right? You know, is is Bobo going to be able to manage Bo better or, or are they going to be able to manage Clifford better? Because both have some WTF moments during <laughs> game the film. film. That's not what and not watch the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't watch the film. Some stuff that you'd watch and, and then say WTF, <laughs> right? Uh, so I I I I think um, I like what they I like what we've done with Bo so far. Can I? You have to. You cannot say you watched Bo the last couple years and not acknowledge the strides that he's made in his fundamentals, right? And at least trying to stay within the game plan. Gus was a nightmare for Bo. He was. I love the direction that this new staff is taking, just getting him to focus on his fundamentals. You're not going to clean up a lifetime worth of habits in two games. But every game, if he takes a step uh, forward and just makes a few more of those throws that he missed because of bad fundamentals, I, I think this team is going to be really hard to beat. Uh, t Frank, I'm telling you, watch out for Jarquez Hunter in this game. Everybody's talking about Tank. Right. And when this kid, this kid gets in the game when the lights are on, he's on. Right. Um, so uh, who's the linebacker that you were talking about? Uh, that's like God's gift to tackle. Yeah, oh, no, that was Brisker. The Saquon Saquon Brisker. Brisker? Oh, Brisker. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Brisker. Like I'm, I'm telling you, uh, he's assuming a he's healthy. Yeah. yeah, but yeah assuming right. he's healthy. Right. I'm just telling you. I mean, I just I, I don't think we're going to have seen anything like this in terms of yards after contact. Um, he's just as physical as, as Tank, if not more. Uh, and I'm interested to see, man, uh, again, Wisconsin ran the ball a lot. They did, right? And I see uh, Salvatore, what is his face in here? He was over on our Locked On video uh, talking. Like, the, the 
I thought that Wisconsin was their own worst enemy in that game. And that's what I I was kind of waiting to jump in and say that. I don't yeah. think Wisconsin's as good as people are giving them credit for. Because Mertz is a what? Is he a third or fourth year starter? Second year. Second this year. Is his second so he, year. he got a full first year, but he's a junior. This is the second year starting, but he's a junior, right? He's a, he's a redshirt sophomore. He played last year. He had COVID, got an injury, but played through it. And this is his first full season non-COVID starting. Okay, so maybe I'm I'm not being gracious enough to the kid, but... Wisconsin, like you, you fumble at the goal line. That's not a Penn State thing. Penn State didn't force that fumble. You, the quarterback, fumbled fumble the exchange ball. with yeah. the center. Yeah, I mean, and that's not everybody's going to get gimmies all the time. But can you rely on gimmies on a game by game basis to say, "Oh, look how they toughed it out"? Well, you got some gifts. You got some gifts, and gifts decided the game, and that's fine. But can you count on that type of defensive production against a team that doesn't continuously shoot themselves in the foot? You know, we'll see. I mean, yeah. but the, 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 we got to move on, but the jury's still yeah. out as to whether or not we shoot ourselves in the foot on the road. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yes, you must right. acknowledge that. Yeah, we're right. not sure <laughs> we're done with that Auburn yet. We're assuming because we we all agree that we have better coaching. They had a phenomenal offseason. Everybody got their weight up in the offseason. Um, by better coaching, he meant we have improved our coaching staff, not we have better coaching than Penn State. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Like, we have improved <laughs> our coaching staff yeah. Uh, 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 just a hundred percent. And before we before we get to the before we get to the drawing, this will answer your question, Mojo Nixon. Can you explain why Bo has struggled so much in away games? He was set up to fail. Let's just just simply put the he was asked for lo- slow developing plays, throw it down the field. Defense is pinning their ears back. Offensive line is struggling. Bo also was young, hadn't had development at the college level. You put all these things together, Bo struggles on the road. Yeah, and they asked him to do too much, man. They they yeah. wanted Bo out to go out there and and solve world hunger and cure cancer last year, <laughs> right? I mean, it yeah. was it was ridiculous what he was yeah. being asked to do, yeah. right? That scheme was completely ridiculous, and I'm so happy that we have something that's going to you know, some semblance of balance this year for this kid, man. I don't, he doesn't have to win the Heisman for us to win games. He doesn't. You know, yeah. no, you know. All right. All right. Penn State's off offensively, they are averaging 30 points a game. They're averaging 250 passing yards a game and are averaging 145 rushing yards a game. As I mentioned with Auburn earlier, their defense is allowing a ridiculous average of 21 yards per game on the ground. 160 yards through the air. These are the matchups. Now, we talked about Bo Nix. You you mentioned Clifford. What I want to ask you, T. Frank, is do we have an idea of what the identity is for Penn State? Because they threw the ball an awful lot against, against Wisconsin, which I think played a big part in some factors as to why the time of possession leaned heavily in Wisconsin's favor. Yeah. yeah. Then they came back the next week against Ball State and were a bit more run heavy. I would say they played a lot to their strengths. I mean, they got some guys on the edge. We'll talk about Dotson and the other, uh, the Washington kid. We'll talk about them. But it seems like they wanted to establish the run game in week two. Going into this week, what can we anticipate from a Penn State offense? 
So the the time of possession thing is a James Franklin hallmark. He is more interested in generating explosive plays than he is about establishing the run or he's interested in X, Y, or Z. He wants explosive plays and turnovers, and that's what he's focused on with his team. So how mm-hmm. to get those? When you have Saquon Barkley a couple years ago, you you obviously get more there. When you have uh, you know Mike Gesicki and you have uh, KJ Hamler, you go to the you go to the passing game. You get some through the air, and and that's really what it is about. And Wisconsin was doing a lot of things in that first game. They were run blitzing like crazy. They were not allowing Penn State to get the ground game going at all. Mike Yersich, the new offensive coordinator this year. Actually, I always track this. What's your first play of your first drive? Like, what's your first thought of what we're going to do? They ran the ball to start almost every drive in the first half, and when they didn't, it was a bubble screen. So, like, they do want to establish that. Uh, and that is a part of everything, but they want explosive plays. They don't. That's really what they're after. So in in the Ball State game, Ball State was not going to allow that to happen. So they played two deep safeties. They played cover four. They literally had four guys in the box on one play. And I do a film study at bwi.rivals.com. I was laughing at one point. I'm like, how can you run this against a Power 5 team? And then Kevon Lee, uh, Penn State's second running back, rips off a 13-yard run. And it's like, well... Everyone saw that one coming. So it has been more about what is the defense giving you and what can you take advantage of. And that is one thing I think uh, offense coordinator Mike Yersich is pretty good at so far. Creative play caller. He's brought more uh, multiplicity to the offense. So they they run two and three tight end sets sometimes. They'll run four receiver sets sometimes. They'll line up the their tight ends at, out wide. Another athletic group of tight ends that really have not blossomed yet. It's actually been a part of this offense I've been a little disappointed in watching their performance because uh, Bretton Strange, he is uh, 6'3", 253, runs a 4'6", 4, 4, really good athlete, but is not creating separation right now. Behind him, another high four-star tight end recruit in Theo Johnson. He's 6'6", six, six, runs a 4'5", he's 256 pounds. Again, not creating the separation on the offensive side of the ball that was was expected of him because the, those two and then Tyler Warren, the third guy, they're all very athletic. They were supposed to be a big part of this offense, but it really has boiled down to Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson. And when Wisconsin mm-hmm. allowed uh, Jahan Dotson in one-on-one coverage to just run around the field, I, as much as Penn State got some gifts, they also had 21 points in the air that Sean Clifford missed 14 of. So there are there. Mm. That is the biggest thing with Sean Clifford. He's not consistent mm. in his deep ball. And Jahan Dotson's a great receiver. So getting those plays and hitting them is going to be a big thing. Sounds mm. like Bo last year to Anthony Schwartz. I want to say I want to ask you a question because I was <laughs> doing my scouting for the game with when I do the uh, betting picks for the week, and I ran across a, a site that was previewing. I wish I had the name of the site, but I'll pull this little excerpt. I want you to tell me what you think. It says quarterback Bo Nix is essentially an SEC copy-paste version of Clifford. They're third-year starters with similar body types. Clifford is 6'2", 219. Nix is 6'3", 214. Completion rates, Clifford is 60.3. Nix is 59.5. And career rushing numbers, Clifford has 237 carries for 805 yards. Nix has 210 carries for 731 yards. Like Clifford, Nix hasn't thrown an interception yet this season. Do you see a, a mirror parallel of these two guys, at least up to this point in their careers? I, I actually thought you were reading some of my writing. Yeah, I, that's the exact <laughs> same thing I said. They are, I, I, you know, I, I did flip side. I said, uh, uh, Bonex is the Sean Clifford of the SEC, where they're, they've taken different paths to get there, but Sean Clifford is a, is a good athlete. I'd say Bo Nix is a little more physical. I'd say he's a more inspiring sure. runner, but Sean Clifford is a great athlete. He can rip off 40-yard run. 
uh, and and get a lot of yards. And he can run through traffic too sometimes, but he's not he's not going to get you like. Sometimes in the past, they tried to use him like Cam Newton, like quarterback powers. I'm not a fan of doing that because I don't think like that's a that's a good idea. But he's an athletic quarterback who has fundamental flaws in his footwork. So, yeah, I think that they're exactly the same. And like I said earlier, Bo Nix is hitting those deep throws right now. Sean Clifford has not consistently. Uh, PFF has him uh, with, uh, I want to say... Uh, 30% completions on deep passes, and they've been more aggressive this year. He's only hit four of 13, but mm. at least half of those, like, you know, seven or eight of those have been open. Not not yeah. like there's a contested window. Mm. Jahan Dotson yeah. has been four yards be- beyond a guy, and all you have Gosh, to do is put it in his... last year. You just yeah, put it in his, in his uh, zip code, and he has a the touchdown. Code, yeah. And that's been the struggle yeah. so far this year for Sean Clifford, because if he had been doing that, I think we'd have a very different feeling about this Penn State offense. It, I, I'm a big fan of what I've seen of Mike Yersich over his career when I watched his film. Uh, he is a creative guy that can get guys open. He can break your defense with some of the things he does. And when he does that, when the scheme or the talent gets you an open throw, Bo Nix and Sean Clifford, they just need to hit it. That's all they need to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm big on I'm big on uh, advanced statistics, right? Um, and I have to say that the advanced stats do support that they are the same quarterback, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. We kept Bo clean on about seventy percent of his dropbacks last year. Uh. He completed sixty four percent of his passes when kept clean. So far, Clifford this season. 70% of his dropbacks, about 69% of his passes, he he completes when he's kept clean. Here's the problem. Under pressure, he's 38%. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He that's been a that's been a problem of his his entire career. Yeah. yeah once, listen. once you get around him, he he drops his eyes, he panics, his footwork falls apart. That's 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 Sean Clifford in a nutshell, right there. Can I can right. I ask a question? Oh, about- no, no, wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. I gotta finish this thought, right? So I have we we have we have Preached up and down to our audience that, you know, um, the metric that that PFF keeps between kept clean and under pressure for every quarterback. There's there's about a 20 percent drop off. Preach. Right. Right. <laughs> about 20 percent drop off. Yeah. Now. Now, the better quarterbacks are still falling off 20 percent. They're just falling off a higher percentage. So your Joe, Joe Burrows and your Mac Jones. Right. Like when kept clean, they're like 80 percent. They drop down to like 60, yeah. which is still really good. Um, Bo fell off from 64 to 40. Clifford is falling off from 69 to 38. Yep. Now, I mean, I mean, 30%, 31 percentage points this man has fallen off when under pressure. I have to believe that the game plan is going to be go after him a lot. And it should be. And, and I think yeah. you can get there. That's that's another big thing, too, is the tackles. Rashid Walker is uh, a very talented left tackle. He's struggled so far this year. And Kate, yeah, he's he's grading out pretty bad. It's according, according to uh, pro football focus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I had him, and we heard from James Franklin, the light had come on for him this year. He was another high four-star tackle. If you watched, so I do uh, mm. film scouting of the Penn State prospects as they come out of high school into college. He was one of my favorite tackles, one of my favorite offensive linemen I watched 
but just so far putting it all together has not been a thing for him yet. And if he just plays average at this point, I think that's where you're going to find him this season. But Caden Wallace, the right tackle, you talk about PFF in true pass sets. He's been very bad this year. So mm. it, when you have to throw the football, Wisconsin beat up on him. And I think that these edge rushers for Auburn are more talented. And that was a very talented front seven for Wisconsin. War Rapport family, it's your boy Mike G. The 2021 season is here and we're cooking up a bunch of amazing new content for our listeners. New segments, new giveaways, new interviews, and new game day experiences. But you have to be an insider to get in on the action. So head on over to YouTube and search for The War Rapport. When you see the channel, look for the join button. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss what we've got coming. So keep listening. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app and get your weight up by becoming an insider for the 2021 Auburn football season. Let's go, baby. Now let's get back to it. I'm glad you talked about that because if if Clifford can get rattled, if he gets hit, he gets pressured, he gets sacked, then that means your O-line has to do its job early and often to keep him upright and keep him focused and looking ahead, going through his progressions. But if... The O-line is doing what they've done so far against that D-line. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, and so this is what I was going to say is um, I had a couple of questions. Number one, I watched Levis play last week in that game. Why did Levis, like, why, why Clifford over Levis? What, what was, what's the deal with that? You know, that's, yeah. I, I truthfully, I haven't watched Will at Kentucky. Um, he just... It's a it's a complex sort of thing, and this this goes back to the Tommy Stevens Trace Trace McSorley conversation that Penn State mm-hmm. had a couple years ago, where Tommy Stevens transferred to Mississippi State. He's clearly the more athletically talented player. Um, I chalked it up early to that. You know, they see practice, they know which one's more accurate and which one's more consistent. Will Levis has obviously gone out, and I did see some of the PFF grades and some of the numbers about how he performed. I I don't know what the competition was like. I don't know what the game was like. But when he was at Penn State and I was doing my film studies on him, his first instinct was to run. And I do know that the Kentucky offense, they want a mobile quarterback. They're establishing the run, and then he's probably the most talented passer that they've had that has that this year, though. They're actually slinging the ball around a lot this year. And I was surprised at his poise in the pocket in that Missouri game. Like he was, he was standing in there. He was, now he wasn't like, overly accurate right but like yeah. what i didn't see was panic from him right. and when he had right. to run he could use athleticism is through the roof and he's like actually lowering his shoulder yes. going into a DB, oh yeah he's know? a, yeah. a linebacker that plays quarterback that's absolutely yeah. true and so that's why i'm just like i i from a composure standpoint i just don't see it there with clifford so i'm just like how did we get to this place maybe he has the better arm i don't know but i'm just like he, i don't know i don't see it when he is good, so this is the weird thing is I think he's his footwork has gotten worse this year. But typically, when he's clean, his footwork isn't terrible. And so he's he was a mix. Okay, got it. Yeah, as <laughs> and I'll say this for 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 Sean as far as what he's done this year is last season he was trying to do everything. So he was trying to put the whole COVID season on his back and be you know the team MVP, be a Heisman candidate, and win every game on every throw. This year, he's very much living to see and living to fight another day. He has not 
thrown a turnover-worthy play so far this year. He's taking care of the football, and he's making mature decisions. Now, he's not generating anything extra in those situations, but he is not a net negative on the team, and he has operated efficiently enough to get this offense into winning position. So I don't I don't want to be too critical of Sean Clifford because he has won two games so far and has right. shown a reversal in some of those really bad habits from last year. So I do think that last year's a bit of an anomaly for him, but this is much more of what he is, is just an average starting quarterback that with a good situation can win you football game. Uh, do they, they still have the same offensive coordinator as last year? No. This is the third yeah. one in three years and four in the five years Sean Clifford has been at Penn State. Yeah, man, that's tough. Yeah. Let me get to this uh, super chat. Uh, what's the chances Penn State front slaps Auburn's O-line tank can't get out the backfield and y'all blame it on Bo? All right, back to you guys. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, we're not going to blame it on Bo unless he's not playing pr- properly. Like, it's, it's just, it's. I think that's a kind of a narrow. <laughs> yeah, it's lane just is what it is, there. man. Uh, yeah. uh, on this offensive line, because I feel I, I, he's proven why I got to address this every week. The offensive line just is what it is, right? We just need Bo to do his part. That's it. And if it truly is on the offensive line, it'll be apparent. But last year's scheme prioritized a lot of slow-developing play-action plays that just required way too much of this offensive line. They were never as bad as they looked. Yeah. Plain and simple. I mean, I'm looking at Clifford's numbers here. Like, when kept clean, he's got the ball out of his hands in 2.4 seconds. Yep. And that was where the next thing I was going to go is the adjustment that they made in the next game was they played with more tempo against Ball State than I think they did against Wisconsin, number one. Mm -hmm. But the other part— and because they were they were horrible at picking up the exotic blitzes Wisconsin was doing. So my question was going to be, do you think the strategy for Penn State offensively is going to be go fast? So that is something that has been in Mike Yersich's bag for his time as an offensive coordinator. So it's it, the problem in the first half with Wisconsin is they couldn't get a first down. So they don't right. want to go no huddle and then burn and 14 the right seconds. to you. Exactly. Right. So if right. they get a first down, they will spam you with plays, and they will absolutely mm-hmm. do that. They've got them loaded up, and they can go. If they get a first down, they can throw a bubble screen. Then they can hit you with the fake bubble screen run through, and they've got a lot of efficiency plays. And another thing, I, I like what they do with the offense because it's all used judiciously. So if they do do that, they can rattle off four plays in a row pretty quickly. Uh, that's going to be tough to do against this defense. There's no, there's no doubt about it because this defensive line is not going to just let you get into second and four. So they're going to have to play above what they have so far, especially up front, to get into those situations. Or their playmakers in space are going to have to make somebody miss because that's that's what they. If they get that first down, then they will go up tempo. Can you can <laughs> you explain 18 carries versus 33 passes? Can you explain the run the run versus Wisconsin the run pass? balance uh so they started out like i said they started out trying to run the ball in the first half and they just said screw it uh you know I, I in one of my one of my articles i just said they hit bleep it and started throwing the football because <laughs> they have a better receiving core than wisconsin had a secondary if you've got a bunch of six-year guys coming back they didn't go to the league I, that tells me something about their level of uh you know that what their skill level is and and penn state Jahan dotson and parker washington they were the answer to that game, and that's what happened there. Like I said, James Franklin wants explosive plays, and if they're if the efficiency of the running game is not there, and I don't know that they have the explosive playmakers in the backfield, 
to really generate big time plays, then they're going to go to the passing game. They're going to find what works. I'm sorry. My last question is: Do you think that they, you do you think 18 carries for 15 yards seriously can win this? No, uh, no. That's, what, that's what they did against Wisconsin. So, so, I mean, but, but like, like you say a lot of times, Mike, if you have a short passing game, that can supplement for the run. So they're going to have to figure out a way to chip away at it with short passes. 30% yeah. of their plays are uh, behind the line of scrimmage of the passes. So they run a lot. Of, they run way more screens than I was expecting coming into this season. Okay. All right. Someone posted it, and I think it was one of, uh, there's an Auburn content creator uh, Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn, someone posted, uh, and I think they were trolling, but uh, they said they felt like Penn State's third and fourth string running backs are better than Tank, uh, Worm, and Hunter. Uh, can you confirm or deny that, is, is what they're asking? Uh, that would be dumb. <laughs> that, <laughs> okay. that, yeah. that would be okay. pretty dumb. Uh, so, I l- do... let me... Go ahead. So I, I, I noticed that Noah, he, he got some more carries against Ball State, Mm-hmm. Twenty yeah. carries for sixty nine yards. Uh, how are they utilizing him in that game? This is an interesting situation because Noah Kane came onto the scene in twenty nineteen and was a breakout star. But in that season, he had a nagging injury, and and he won the starting job, had to exit. We all saw from the Penn State perspective. We all saw Journey Brown then take over, and they became a one-two tandem. They were supposed to come into twenty twenty and be that dynamic duo of what you guys have at Auburn, but uh, because of all the COVID testing, Journey Brown they found a heart condition when they were looking for the cardiomyopathy, he had to Mm. medically retire from football. So again, in 2020, you lose your star linebacker that was a top 15 pick, and Journey Brown would have been, at the very least, a second-round running back. Totally dynamic player. Noah Kane gets hurt on the first series last season, and he spent this offseason, I assume, rehabbing. He did not play in spring ball. So for the last two years, I don't know that he's been able to really develop physically into what he was before. So he is not running with the same violence, not the same pad level, the same pop, but he has turned himself into a really good uh, receiving back where if he's out in space, he's still elusive. He is a super slippery guy. And he used to Mm -hmm. have slippery with power, which made him dynamic between the tackles. Uh, So he is being used, I think, efficiently as a pass receiver. And then he did get more carries in that game versus Ball State. But I still, he wasn't breaking tackles in the run game the way he used to. Now, Kevon Lee, their their second back, is six foot, 240 pounds. He runs mm-hmm. like a caged animal. And, and he is he is all those things that people were expecting out of Noah Kane. So I think they have an efficient one-two punch, but it is not the same Noah Kane that you might have known previously. And I, mm-hmm. I just think that it's that he has not really had time to recover from all these injuries that are lower body in nature. And again, we never get to know what they are, but you know, lower body. And I don't think he's been able to develop his, his body the way that he would have if he were able to be training in the off season. We got, we got one more super chat here, Bo Hightower. I truly believe the best plan for Auburn is to play a lot more man than zone and tee off on Clifford. I feel if we run zone, he will get into a rhythm. Thoughts on that gentlemen. Uh, Mike G, what do you agree with that? I, yeah, I think that I think the plan should be to try to disrupt any timing that they want to be able to have for the quick stuff um, and then make them get into those uh, third and long situations and allow the pass rush to do what it needs to do to uh, disrupt any ability to do anything for those. Because the deep shot is really what beat Wisconsin, right? Like 
they threw a couple of deep balls and that's how they were able to generate offense. Outside of that, the offense was kind of stagnant. So if you can figure out how to make sure your pass rush can have time to be effective to make them have to throw those longer plays, um, and then maybe you can sit back and ball hawk some of that stuff. As long as you don't have coverage, plus you should be fine. Derek Mason is trying to incorporate mixed coverages, which I think is a good thing for our defense. But the problem for our defense, or particularly our secondary, is we've been playing man for like the past five, six years under Kevin Steele. Strictly man. So it's almost like an offense learning a new offensive system. Our secondary is having to learn to play zone and be effective at it. So based on what you've seen with Clifford, has he been able to pick apart defenses that play soft zone? Is that has that been in his wheelhouse? Like, how could he attack a zone defense? Uh, I think the same way that Bo Nix could, and that's if he sees it before the snap, he can diagnose it, he can find the right spot. And if you disguise the coverage and you get him and you get him to to guess, he will lock onto a receiver and he will not find the open guy. And and that's really what it is to me. It's always been about can you make him uncomfortable either that or um or you know pre or post snap however you want to make them uncomfortable make that happen so if you're playing man and you can you can man up with those receivers and give him tight windows and know where to throw he'll scramble he'll do some things but he won't really be super effective but i i do think that if you can disguise make things difficult rotate your safeties post snap that's where you can get to sean clifford and he will not be able to find the guy consistently to get the ball and pick apart zones. Yeah, I think all the metrics suggest that there's zero reason to sit back and play zone to open this game on Clifford, right? You go after him, you go after often and fast, and, you know, maybe he has a great game, um, but, you know, if I'm Auburn, I come after him, I trust my secondary. And then, you know, once you start to mix, I think we'll see a mix of man and zone in this game um, and to, to try to confuse mm-hmm. this, this quarterback. And we have some ball hawks, so like I, I, I don't, I don't want to get too down on Clifford, but like, you know, he's got he's got a new offensive coordinator, right? As does our quarterback. Um, and in the what we saw coming out of the season was um, they went in with a plan. We spoke to the chief of staff. They talked about how the pl- what the plan was for Bo, what they needed him to work on this offseason. And from what I've seen of the film that I've seen of Clifford. I think they knew what they needed to work on with him, but I'm not sure that he made the jump mentally fully this offseason from what he was to what they needed him to be. Um, he may have taken some steps forward, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see these, these kind of games. It's at home for him. Uh, what's his history been like at home? I mean, Bo plays great at home. Yeah, and awful on the road. Is, is, he have a, is he pretty consistent between home and road or like he's pretty consistent in that um when he gets too jacked up he is not he's not good and in big games big crowds things like that uh he has struggled yeah like this one (laughs) yeah um he's he is i would say he's probably better at home but i'm just saying that off of memory not necessarily having any sort Mm. of facts to back that up fair enough wesley wesley he uh i want to get to this one he asked about the interior o-line could you talk about them briefly, and, and is that a strength, or is that an area that they're still trying to figure out? So they're super talented. Uh, Mike Miranda's moving over from guard to center. He's a, a physical, good interior lineman. 
Eric Wilson is a transfer from Harvard. I think he's their best lineman, truthfully. Uh, he's mm. he's super professional, great blocker, um, not super out physical, well. but yeah, yeah, exactly. He he does his job. That's what he does. He does his job well. Probably not going to blow people off the ball, but if you need him to get a reach block, he can get a reach block. If you need a down block, he can do that. Uh, Juice Scruggs, super athletic. I was expecting a little more out of him. He's their right guard. Uh, he struggled, especially with quick quickness to the inside on some of those zone runs. Mike Yersich has brought the outside zone over, and he has struggled a little bit on the backside to to see him get those cutoff blocks. Um, and then Caden Wallace on the next to him, we've talked about him a little bit, another young guy. But on the interior, I, you know, they're talented, and everyone's been waiting for that to all gel, and it has not yet. I would not expect it against this athletic, strong, confident front. I wouldn't expect that. Well, with a few more Super Chats, Cleveland, I feel like the whiteout will benefit Auburn with our Stormtrooper unis. Penn State's got and a couple of those. Those are fun. <laughs> uh, Derek Gunner says, can we get T. Frank back on the after game with the war rapport? Hey, I mean, if, if, if T. Frank is up for it, I, I don't Imagine know. He's we, busy. He's got all five of those jobs. I know, right? Yeah, one on. of them is post game. So if we if our times don't overlap, I can do a, a cameo. But I've got uh, yeah. I've got my own show to do post. Maybe the Sunday show. Maybe we get you Maybe. on the Sunday show. All right. So uh, it's it's prediction time, right? Yes, sir. So it so is. T Frank, are you are you giving a prediction? Are you are you going to join in on the fun? Uh, you know, I will because I don't want to be the one that doesn't. Uh, I don't there like <laughs> now, my man, my man. Let's go. Uh, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of predictions because I tend to be wrong. But I think uh, <laughs> I, I said this earlier this week. This game can go so many different ways because of the quarterbacks. Sure. If you get yeah. Bo Nix to be to be the old Bo Nix, this could be a runaway one way. If you get Sean Clifford to be uh, the old Sean Clifford, it could be runaway the other way. I yeah. do think in the end, both those quarterbacks have shown me enough on film that they've matured and they won't make the big mistakes. Maybe one big mistake changes this game, but it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be 17-13. Right now, it's mm. a coin flip in my mind who that is, and I would go just with Penn State as the home team, uh, that they, they're going to have the advantage on offense to be able to use their cadences and have that small advantage, and that's the difference to me. Be will. Hate feeling like a homer. I've, I've done <laughs> some homework, but I gotta admit, uh, T. Frank, you have actually pushed me further to Auburn winning this game. When you said that offensive line had not quite gelled, yeah. I think our defensive front has. I say Auburn twenty three twenty. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go Auburn twenty thirteen. Auburn 20, Penn State 13. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Special teams for Penn State. Your kicker is a is the little is a little Yeah, so he's he's doing everything. He's doing kickoffs, punts, kick return or um uh, oh. field goals and extra points. He he's struggling a little bit with the with the kicking game. But he is a talented kid. He's very talented. I think he just needs to dial it in. It, I, I, he boomed some punts in that Wisconsin punts game, if I good. remember correctly. Oh, yeah, like, he's got he a was, huge leg, 76-yard yeah, punts. Yeah. Like, he came, they gave him a scholarship because Virginia Tech wouldn't. Like, that's why he came over from Virginia Tech, because he's that that strong of a leg. Last yeah. season, he was kicking the over 41s, and they just gave him the whole job this year. So I, I think it might be a little bit of doing everything and also just a little bit nerves. He seems like a guy who's going to settle in eventually. In a game like this, it could come down to special teams. I like Carlson. Um, I'm 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 gonna go I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with AU there. Ike, who you got? 
I am. So I don't remember what I did as a preseason pick for this game. I think I actually picked us to lose this game when I did our preseason predictions. But I am going to pick Auburn to win this game. I think the score is going to look something like 23-13. 23-13 is where I'm going with my score on this one. (laughs) Mike G. (laughs) This is going to be good. (laughs) Go ahead and put some shades on, man. Yeah, go ahead and put your shades. Where your shades at, man? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sunshine pumps! I told y'all before the season started that this was going to be an all-time great Auburn defense. All-time great. You cannot be all-time great and not go on the road and shut a good opponent down. You just can't do it. So this is going to be kind of a weird prediction. I'm going thirty to thirty-five. To zero, to zero. Oh, you're Ooh. saying we're going to score thirty to thirty-five points yeah. and going yeah, yeah. to pitch a yeah, shutout? Yeah, thirty to thirty oh to thirty-five points for Auburn to, to zero. <laughs> and, and, and here's why. Listen, do I believe? Do I believe in my heart that Wisconsin has a better run defense than Auburn? No, I don't. I don't believe that either. And, they, and they're comparable. Eighteen rushes for fifteen yards. If they do that again, this is going to get ugly. It's going to be embarrassing. Penn State is going to have to find a way to run for at least 100 to 150 yards in this game to even keep it interesting. If they're going to be one-dimensional, good luck scoring points. You can have a white out, a purple out, a brown out, whatever. You only have that on Friday nights in State College. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Right. It's not going to happen. Right. So we, we have a no sunshine pump rule. Right. But I just don't I, I see something really great for this defense. I think we got athletes everywhere. And I think for once we got some coaches who are just going to out scheme the other coaches. I think it's going to come down to coaching. I do, because I th- we have the horses and this is no disrespect to Penn State. Right. But what's on film is that you tried to run the ball 18 <laughs> times and you put the you put the game in Clifford's hands. Please do that again. Oh, man. Please do that. Bring that same game plan from Wisconsin into this game. God, please. So, you know, I like Auburn in this one big. I think that Brian Harson makes a (laughs) statement in his first year as head coach. Um, I I really think that this is going to be something amazing to watch. I don't think it's going to be because Penn State's a bad team. So if you're a Penn State fan and you're watching this, it's not that Penn State's a bad team. I think that this, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. This this Auburn team is going to do something special this year. I picked us to go 10 and 2. I can't see this being one of the losses, right? Um all Bo has to do is bring his average game. No, like and that. if you're if, and if you're asking all he has to do is bring his average game because if you're asking me to pick Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter versus Kane and whoever, <laughs> it better be Superman. I'm picking Tank and Jarquez, man. Every time. So <laughs> This is going to be something I can't wait. I I can't wait to watch this. I cannot wait to watch this. Oh, my God. And I normally don't like to put this much pressure on our team. They they don't. They're not listening to this. But but, 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 but let me tell you. But let me tell you. Well, they're not because we got a good coach. But what what did Brian Harson say this week? He said, if this kind of game scares you, don't get on the plane. Don't get on the plane. Yeah. Come on, man. This is a new day down on the plains. All that marshmallow soft stuff that Gus was slinging, it's gone. 
These boys are ready to go. They are ready to knock heads. And I apologize that Penn State had to get in the way. But it is what it is. What it is. They scheduled the game. No, I'm done with that. They they scheduled they scheduled the game years ago. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. I love this, this is, hire. This listen, is worth the listen, price of listen, admission. And, 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 and T. Frank, a uh, little history on this. Eight years. Eight years of Gus bringing in top ten recruiting classes and completely underperforming the talent that we've had. Alan Green this summer goes out, or this past winter goes out, and says, I'm going to make my own hire. There were a lot of names thrown out there. Nobody was talking about this guy, Brian Harson. I don't care if he came from Boise. Urban Meyer came from Utah. Where was Saban before he came to Alabama? Don't tell me just because he coached in the Mountain West, he can't win football games in the SEC. Plenty of coaches have done that. So he comes in and he says, all offseason, work hard work. I'm going to change the soft mentality of this team. People are going to show up on time and they're going to do your job. Now it's time to go on the road and prove it. I I believe that he has us ready mentally. And you know what that means? That means beating bad teams. I don't care that we played Akron and Alabama State. When you're a good team, you beat a bad team badly. And then, conversely, you beat good teams badly as well, too. That's how dynasties get started. Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, Demetrius Robertson. All Bo has to do is manage the game, baby. And we're bringing the W back to the Plains. Book it. All right. No points. No points. No points. Church, in this is church, church, church. Zero. The, the doors of the church uh, <laughs> have opened. Um, and, I, I, you know, I kind of hope that I'm wrong about this shutout. I don't. I don't. I can't see it. They gonna run the ball like they did against Wisconsin. Spicy Penguin says, "Shut out, shut out, shut out." Exactly, exactly. You guys know the drill already. Oh my Hold bad. On, Emory, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Right? yeah. He says, "Is Penn State under twenty nine points the lock of the century?" If there was a lock, that's the lock. Under twenty nine. Under for the game, I the game? love that pick. I love that pick. Penn State over actually under statistically oh, yeah, yeah. plays yeah. better defense during their whiteout games. So teams yeah. that come in there, they they average below their season average for points mm. consistently by almost a full touchdown. So this is definitely going to be under whatever the. Oh, we, the we gotta talk so about we go. So we gonna score fifty three sure. points instead of sixty? Is what you saying? Okay. I was gonna say hey, twenty nine nothing. Is that what you're going with? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't subscribe to that. Yeah, speech maybe want to run through a wall. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Listen, if uh, you know what, I, I I'm running a side business where I give people these kind of speeches before they go to work in the morning. So if you're going to the ba- <laughs> you're going to work at the bank and you just need to get turned up. Give me a call. I'll give you a little pep talk. Somebody says that you're good at it. Two things to say. (laughs) Mike G sounds like a motivational speaker. I'm ready to run through a wall. Caesar laughs like this. (laughs) What? Now, you know, I got to say this before we get out of here, because I made a a, a much ado about um, about how we're going to do in this game. You do. You can. You you have to acknowledge what a tough place. Happy Valley is to go play. Um, That's that's not lost on me. Right. That environment during a whiteout rivals. uh Death Valley down at LSU at night. And it's going to be, it's a serious challenge. Teams that go in there have to be focused, right? Um, they've got to bring their A game. Whatever is above an A game, that's what you have to bring in that environment. I asked Coach Harson about communication 
in the noise, like how are you preparing this team to deal with crowd noise? Because they're going to be loud. The crowd is going to try to be a factor in this game. Uh, and uh, kudos to them. They have one of the most amazing environments in college football. Uh, you know, if you like college football, going to a whiteout has to be on your bucket list, whether you're a Penn State fan or not, right? Like, it's just a great environment. So I, I expect that to be a tough challenge. I just think our coaches are up to it. I think they understand it. And they're, they've got the players understanding what the, the mission is. Everything's been very businesslike. We seem like very businesslike. Uh, this this season, and, and you take that attitude in there. You 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 know you do it the Belichick way, man. You do your job, and you come out with the win. Yep. That's it. That's how it boils down to. If everybody, if they go in and they do their jobs, we come out with the win. T. Frank, man, thank you so much for spending so much of your evening with us. <laughs> this is fun. We'll, thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> no, man. Well, you. It's been a pleasure, man. Great information. Great insight. We greatly appreciate you. And thanks to all of you guys for watching with us as well. Guys, as always, please share this video on your social medias. Please use hashtag get your weight up. Please drop a like on the video and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram at The War Report. We are TW Report on TikTok. Guys, we got a lot of content coming your way this week. So stay tuned for that. But until then, have a great rest of your week. And as always, we're, 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 we're Eagle. Eagle.